Hi guys, Princess here. Actually, I'm not here. <laughs> it's Labor Day weekend and I'm not here and you're not gonna get a new episode of Buy Pumpkin. Listen, I, I'm, it's, it's a holiday and I gotta take it off. If we don't take off holidays, then, then we get burnt out, then we have to quit our podcast and I just don't wanna live life like that. So, I did not record a new episode this week. What I did do is I got an episode that I've been using on Patreon. I said using on Patreon, like I, like I posted every week. I do, <laughs> for all you non-Patreon subscribers, at the $5 level, I do a limited series where you get a weekly bonus episode. And right now I'm doing a true life limited series where I'm choosing episodes and talking about them. Not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, Liz Bentley and I did an episode, True Life, I'm Hooked on Molly. And obviously I had her come on because she is the drug expert and I don't even know what Molly is. So Liz, gracious as always, even though she's got work, school, Animal Crossing, bullying people on the internet, all these things to do, she came on to talk about this particular True Life episode with me. And like, I'm super grateful. And so even though the $5 Patreons got this a couple of weeks ago, I thought you guys on the main feed might enjoy it as well. And I don't have to work this week on the podcast and you guys don't have to take a dead week on the podcast. Couple of things to remember. If you like content like this, you should join the Patreon. It is, it, you can do a dollar a month for monthly bonus episodes. You can do five bucks a month for weekly bonus episodes. It's worth it. We get into stuff. You get to vote on which series we're doing. Um, you get to hear more about my ridiculous personal life. Some of you don't like that. That's okay. You don't have to listen to those episodes. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's the best five bucks you can spend. Um, if you want to sign up, you do so by going to patreon.com backslash buy pumpkin. If you don't want to sign up, that's fine too. Uh, you can also leave me a five-star review so that other people who like this niche reality TV content can come and find it. Or you can follow me at OKThenPrincess okay on Instagram or Twitter. Or you can follow me at buy pumpkin podcast on Instagram. All of these ways are ways to show me support. All of these ways are ways to keep me doing this podcast. All of these ways, I don't have a third thing, sorry. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode with me and Liz. Obviously, it's just her and I shooting the shit, an easy podcast to record. Sure, we interrupt each other, we're interrupters, that's how it goes. But I also think we have some good points. I learned a lot about Molly. We got to have some lulls it's a couple of uh people's pain that was great too either way great episode i hope you enjoy it next week i'll be back with a brand new episode of girls next door later hi liz hi princess thank you so much for coming on this episode with me because i immediately after someone asked me to do this episode. I was like, I can't, because I don't know what Molly is. I don't get it. I Before I watched this episode, I really was like, don't you just like 
dance on that. I didn't think it was addictive. I didn't know what I was talking about. And so I really appreciate you showing up here today to help me figure out what the fuck is going on. You're welcome. I mean, I don't think it is addictive in the way that like heroin or benzos or alcohol are addictive. It's more like cocaine or weed where you just like become addicted to the substance more than like being physically addicted to it. Is it so whenever I watch heroin addicts on TV, by the way, I haven't been able to get through an intervention episode since the start of this pandemic. I can't do it. I can't. I'm watching the Philadelphia series right now and it's a lot. I'm watching it for my podcast. It's a lot. Oh yeah. The one where everyone's interconnected. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's hard. And I think part of it is that I've been actively marinating in filth for decades. Mm-hmm. Like, like I used to watch Lawner SVU. I used to watch a fake rape every week. Princess, I fall asleep to Law and Order SVU every single <laughs> night. Yeah. And then sometimes I'm like, why am I so depressed? <laughs> and it's partly because almost everything I love to watch is super dark. Yeah. Same. <laughs> so um, as I was watching this, I was like, this is a lot like intervention. This is a lot. It was very much gonna be. like an intervention episode. I agree. Yeah. But I don't remember watching it the first time. And if someone were to tell me they were addicted to Molly, like, do you remember the celebrity rehab season mm-hmm. where Judy from Family Matters was on there and she was addicted to weed and everyone was like, that's so weird. Okay. I was just thinking about that the other day and I couldn't remember who it was. And I just remember her being wrapped in a blanket, mm-hmm. like talking to Dr. Drew about like how much weed she smokes every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone else there was just kind of like, girl, I've been freebasing since I was 11 years old. Please leave me alone with your weed addiction. <laughs> and so that's how I would have gone, looked at it. But this actually looked... Oh um, no. Yeah. Intense. <laughs> this yeah, looks, this is, yeah. I didn't, I had, so can you first start with telling me what Molly actually is? Okay. Molly is, well, when Molly first came on the scene, it was pure MDMA. MDMA is the main ingredient in ecstasy, which you've probably heard of more than Molly because yes. you worked in the, you worked in the hospitality industry in the early 2000s, <laughs> right? Like you knew what ecstasy was. There's actually a very good true life episode that is not online. True life. I'm addicted to ecstasy. And I so clearly remember them showing one of them got like a brain scan and she had holes in her brain. Like, yes. Remember from ecstasy. And it looked like Swiss cheese. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, basically the idea when Molly first came about is that it was like pure ecstasy because ecstasy always is like mixed with a ton of stuff like meth a lot of times or heroin sometimes like it's just mixed and you can get test kits but it's not like a pure drug okay which is silly i know but so then molly came on the scene and i think x i don't think ecstasy exists anymore like i don't think anybody does ecstasy anymore and people now do molly which is just pure mdma but now it's like it was pure mdma for maybe the first year that people like could make it and then it became more popular. So it got Stepped very on. messed up. Like the first time I did Molly was maybe in 2010. I haven't done it that, that many times. And it was 2010-ish. And I think it was pretty pure. Like it, it felt a lot different than ecstasy. But then when I got it again, it was like, oh, this is just ecstasy in powder form. 
Because well, ecstasy comes in a pill. But what feels different? Mm, not much. Well, pure MDMA. So the thing with ecstasy is that like if you get a roll, a pill with like more meth in it, then you're like more up. And if you get like a, a, a roll with like more dope in it, like you're down, like it's a lot more, there are a lot more variables. So mm. just the MDMA like getting at you is like probably, I would imagine the idea behind it is it's a better high and it's an easier come down because like other shit isn't mixed in there. Cause the oh. ecstasy come down is really hard and shitty. Oh, now throughout the episode, the girls are talking about how depressed they are when they're not on it. Mm -hmm. And I was mm -hmm. like, well, are they depressed or are they not high? No, Can you're okay. So when you take ecstasy, my understanding of it is that it's a serotonin spike. And that's why a fun oh. fact is if you're on SSRIs, you don't react to MDMA. Like you can't, they block, like it blocks out. If you're on SSS, SSRIs, antidepressants, you can't really get high from MDMA, um, which actually kept me from doing ecstasy a lot of times. Cause I was like always on and off antidepressants. And so when you, it's like a serotonin spike. And so when you start to come down from it, it's just like, I don't know. It's like that feeling of you've just had like the best feeling in your entire life. And then like, so quickly you just feel awful and like death and you're like so depressed and it's not always that bad like it really depends but the more you do it and like you're fucking with the serotonin in your brain as opposed mm -hmm. to like weed where you're just like oh i'm like high or even heroin where like your body's high like i don't i don't know how to explain it quite it's more like like a drug like acid because you take it once and then you have a long trip and then you come down from it okay. and so it's it really, it feels awful when you come down. Wow. And so, and that encourages you to do more so you don't have to feel that way anymore. Yeah. But also the thing is with, uh, well, at least ecstasy and I'm sure Molly too, like if you do it a lot, I mean, this is with every drug, it becomes less effective, but especially with MDMA because you're, I, because it relies so much on like your brain chemistry that like when you're really fucking with your brain chemistry, it like stops being as effective. Okay. And that makes sense too. And they talked about that. I just want to know. I'm just not. So you want to know what it feels like to be a Molly? <laughs> no, I want to know what it's like to be addicted to a drug that you need to dance to make it the high last longer. Well, okay. Let's no. Let's talk. The first time I took ecstasy, I was 16. Um, I was at my friend's house. It was just the two of us, and maybe there's one other person there. And I like remember being like, this is the best feeling I've ever felt in my entire life. And I remember we turned off <laughs> like a fish or Grateful Dead, like DVD, like a concert DVD. And I remember like swaying back and forth and being like, oh, <laughs> this is why people dance like this. It's like, this feels good. Like you just feel like tingling in your whole body. You're so fucking happy. You love everyone. And the dancing... It's not like the dancing gets you higher, but like you're just so in it and like you can feel everything in your body when you're moving around. Okay. Okay. Is it expensive? No. I mean, I don't remember how much I paid for like Molly, um, but ecstasy wasn't that expensive. Ecstasy is like 15 to $20 a pill and that's okay. like a whole night of fun. So no, it's not... Like compared to like Coke, it's not expensive, but also it's like 
unnecessary money you're spending on drugs. So. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> and I'm sure like, so when we talk about Paige and Allie, um, are they still on a pill a night or? Well, so the thing that I found interesting is Paige was snorting it, which I was always yes. told that you should not snort Molly. Something about, my understanding is something about the way it dissolves. It like doesn't dissolve into your membranes the same way. So you don't okay. actually get a, cause usually the reason that you start things is because it then instantly dissolves in the membranes of your body, right? Like it's, okay. you don't have to digest it. Right. Um, or even with smoking it, like when you snort it, it's like, it's close to your brain <laughs> and your body like instantly absorbs it. But I was always told that you don't snort. Well, you definitely don't snort ecstasy. That's why it comes in pill form. And whenever I did Molly, we would do what we call, it's called parachuting. And you would take like one layer of TP, like the very thinnest TP and you would put the toilet paper and then you would put the, like the powder in that and you would swallow it. So it was like a make, like you would make a makeshift pill because it works better when you digest it. Oh, <laughs> um, at one so point, I was surprised Paige, to see her snorting it. At one point, Paige is doing a hot rail. Yeah. She cooked it and, and snorted it. So I don't really know what a hot rail ecstasy is or like Molly. Sorry. I'm, I use them interchangeably. I understand. They basically are the same thing. I think younger kids will tell you they're not, but people that have done ecstasy and done Molly, like old heads like me, you know what I mean? Like yeah. old people like me know that they're pretty much the same thing. But if you ask like a 19 year old, if they've ever done ecstasy, they'd be like, what? <laughs> but if you ask them about Molly, they would know what Molly is. Um, yeah. So my understanding of what a hot rail is, is that you like heat up a knife and it like it's with Coke usually. And like you can smoke the coke i don't really know what she was doing with that i've never done a hot rail of anything so that i was like oh my god i don't know i i feel like anytime so someone wants to heat something up i'm like that's too far <laughs> well i think what it's doing is it like creates so much smoke like i think uh, it must just create like a ton more smoke than normal so you're like inhaling more of it uh, would be okay. my guess okay but they use so like a crack pipe to do that yeah, they did. Like um, they were using a crack pipe. <laughs> so we're, we've been talking about Paige. So let's go ahead and talk about her. Um, Paige is 23 years old. She lives in uh, Las Vegas. And she is a professionally trained dancer. And what she means by that is that she went to, like, she says it's a prestigious ballet boarding school, which sounds Center prestigious. Stage. Yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> she went to Center Stage High School. <laughs> sure. Every time I see that fucking movie, <laughs> she went to Center Stage High School and then did a big dance to a Michael Jackson melody at the end. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, been there. Yeah, and so and after that, she got a job in Vegas. But at the time, she was already using a ton of Molly, and also like. I noticed at the very end of the episode, she's like, I also drink a fifth of vodka every yeah. night. And I was like, uh, hold the fucking phone. Yeah. And she's saying that she drinks more when she's on Molly, which I mean, who am I to judge? Maybe that's true. Uh, First lots of, all, of people have fifth of vodka every day. I actually never really drank when I did ecstasy or Molly very much. I would smoke a lot of pot, but I've drinking has never been my favorite thing. And I never felt like I wanted to like, bring the drinking in maybe like one drink if I was like out but like for me the ecstasy was always enough but 
when she said she's do you know how much a fifth of vodka a day is like that's a lot and this girl weighs like 90 pounds she's so little they both I was are like so holy little. shit i was like so she's like a a bad alcoholic that's literally having the dts like actually yeah. this is the story a little more than the molly <laughs> yeah and she's like she's outside in a parking lot waiting for someone to show up with like just a corner mm-hmm. of a bottle that she just downs and she needs that to get to get to get to work and i'm just she's like the shakes she's like in full alcohol detox when i was trying to look this up someone had mentioned that she might have also been not just doing molly she might have been doing bath salts because of maybe it was 2014 yeah, yeah. and that people she, were doing that then yeah and she and because there's a point where she's like hallucinating on the floor mm-hmm. but that could also just be like from fucking your brain up so bad doing so much molly and drinking so much alcohol that yeah. like because when you're in rehab especially when you're in detox they ask you to like get screened like I don't know, three times a day or whatever. And they ask you if you're having auditory hallucinations or visual hallucinations. So I think Mm. it's just like, I think it's just like a result of frying your fucking brain. It may have been, she may have been doing bath salts too, but like when you're damaging your brain like that 24 seven, like who knows what could happen. So she said she started doing it like at parties and then she started doing it weekly and then she was doing it every single day. Yeah. Um, which again, another thing I don't think of when I think of Molly, I don't think of a, it's a drug you do every day. It, absolutely. Like I remember though, because I'm such a drug addict, the first time I did ecstasy, like the next day wanting to do it again. And like, even the first time I did Molly, like the pure stuff, like mm-hmm. texting my friend that had given it to me and I was like, do you have more? And like, <laughs> honestly, the only reason I didn't do it more is because like, I just couldn't get my hands on it. But it, I understand that desire because it makes you feel so good. But for the most part, it's not a drug that you do every day. Yeah. I was really interested in that. Like she, so she lives in Vegas. She lives with a guy named Guillermo, which is my favorite name in the world. I just love how it rolls off my tongue. And so, Reminds uh, me of weeds. Yeah, it does. <laughs> oh, we should rewatch weeds. No, I can't oh, do I'm it. Always, I'm always rewatching weeds. I can't do point. it because Nancy Botwin stresses me out. Yeah. And I, I, she's all like whatever the right she she's always made the wrong decision she never mm-hmm. makes the good decision and then when she's in trouble she just kind of gets these big eyes and then like i don't know bends over something i i she's just literally <laughs> yeah yeah literally but i do re- weeds rewatch like every 18 months i just it's so easy i love i'm always saying this i love a half hour dramedy and like they're yeah. so easy to digest and like you sit there for six hours and you watch like two full seasons yeah and the ending i was rough i felt yeah. bad about what's the little one's name shane shane i felt bad about shane also why they let shane play the same it felt like they it was a child in a mustache it was, I know, it was very weird it's <laughs> like you, you need to get another actor but anyway 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 um she is living in this house. Um, her rent's three fifty a month. We find out later. But yeah, I was she, shocked when I heard that. She probably lives in like the burbs of. Yeah, and Vegas. also like two thousand Vegas got hit so hard in the housing crash. That sure. In 2000, and it this was probably filmed in two thousand thirteen. If it came out in two thousand fourteen, mm-hmm. I don't think they'd bounce back by two thousand thirteen. Really, so I'm sure like in the outskirts of Vegas, you could still get like a cheap place. I mean, it looked it looked like that episode of Intervention with Christy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. she, I was like, oh, oh my God. Room. 
Oh, that was shocking. Yeah, I was like, what is going on here? I didn't even see a bed. I think she just slept on the floor and just was all this shit all over the floor. Yeah, but it's probably what she needed to sleep on. She yeah, didn't have she, a bed. <laughs> I know. One time when we moved someplace, the first night, like, we got all our stuff in. It was so sleepy. And I was just like, I don't know. And we had to buy a bed. We were going to buy a bed the next morning. I was like, what are we going to do? And my husband just, like, threw out our laundry bags, like, <laughs> in the laundry. <laughs> I mean, they stayed in the bag and, like, threw a blanket over that. And then so I was like, we'll lay on this. And then we'll put a blanket over us. And I got to say, I slept really good that night. So <laughs> even though I, the whole time I was laying there, I was like, this is ghetto. I don't want this. And he was like, shh go to sleep <laughs> but i guess that's how she sleeps every night and there's this one point where she's um guillermo she she's got her roommate to go get her 30 dollars worth of molly to bring back she opens it and she starts to cry because it doesn't like 30 dollars worth of molly and she's got and it like a shitty she said i think it looked bad like yeah, it, she, it, she could tell it was bad and she had um like a brita water filter that she was using to, to like I don't At know. one point, she said she could smell if it was right, and I was like, "Ooh, that brings me back." Like yeah. that, like when you are buying a drug all the time, and like you can just like smell if it's correct, or just by the color or the way it looks, or even in the bag, you can like feel it, and you're like, "Oh, this is shitty." Like it's the worst feeling. Oh, well, worst what is she feeling. gonna do? Not do it? Well, yeah, you're gonna do it, but you were what you're planning in your head when you buy that $30, you've already planned out how much you're going to do until you can get more money, like whenever. Mm -hmm. So you have a plan in your head. But if that $30 worth of Molly is actually more like 10 to $15 because it's so shitty. So you have to do more of it. That just like fucks your plan up. Yeah. And Guillermo gives her some of his and I felt like he stole some of hers. Yeah. Oh, I think he, that's what you do when you buy drugs for people. Yeah. And I was just, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, it's not, you know, so when people are making amends and stuff in their recovery, I'll, you just do sneaky stuff. And it's not like you pinch a bag. It's, it's the tax. Yeah. It's so what, what you, you do, do is you like cipher out a little bit and anybody yeah. that, I mean, I knew when I had people buy me drugs, like I knew that was happening. Sure. Like it was like the cost of doing business. Right. And so when he lets her have some of his, I was like, no, baby, what he did was he let you have a little bit of what he took from you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not, and he's just being a nice guy, you know, but that's how it goes. Um, I don't, I want to know. So, so when she tells the story, she, she gets a job in Vegas, probably one of the casinos. There's lots of entertainment things there. Mm-hmm. She doesn't necessarily have to be a show girl, but I mean, there's just lots of places that you could get hired to do a little show every night. Yeah. Like background dancing, like in Holly Madison's peep show. Yeah. Something like there's just, and she was making thousands of dollars a week. So I'm sure she was at a big casino and she was just doing Molly. And at some point she ends up going to rehab. I think that's a parent forced her in a rehab type of situation yeah she went for six weeks which is a long stay yeah and she lost her job when she's the way she describes it is when i got back they'd given my job away and i'm like well you didn't think that. i don't think there's a lot of job security and i'm sure they don't hold your job as a dancer no they're not gonna hold like are they just not they do the show two times a day they're yeah. not going to not do the show because you're not there you I thought it was weird the way she worded it as if she didn't know that she wasn't going to have a job until she got out of rehab. I think you would know as you're going in, you're like, fuck, I'm not going to be able to, I got to get another job. So she kind of spiraled when she came back, she relapsed. I mean, lots of people relapse out of rehab. It's kind of, 
it's kind of the process, to be honest. Well, she also doesn't think she's an addict. She says, like, I'm not addicted to it. I yeah, just she need said, to have it. I just need it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she, she, she's having a hard time getting jobs because of all the drug stuff. Like, she, and I think she's all probably glossed over some things. Like, she's probably had some incidents at, a, at work, and Vegas is a small place. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't show up for some things and that, yeah. that automatically someone's gonna be like, don't work with that bitch. Cause I imagine not only is Vegas a small place, but it's probably similar to a lot of entertainment industry where it's like drug addicts are the norm and they're accepted. But as soon as you like stop showing up and you go too far, they're like, no, we can't, we can't deal with that. Like there's right. like a line that you're not allowed to cross. And then once you cross it, like no one will work with you because you're just, you have a bad reputation. Yeah. I'm sure like, it might have been an open secret that she uses Molly all the time, but as soon as you don't show up for her thing, then they're like, okay, well, we're done with that. Yeah. Um, she also talks about, you know, they did the intervention thing where they have to give us a reason why she's a drug addict. And right. her dad died when she was 16. Um, they did it really weird, though. They showed a picture of her prom and the guy's places, the guy's face is blurred out. And I was like, is that her dad? Like, did she go to a, a party like that with her dad? And it took me a while to figure out. They're just showing what she kind of looked like when she was 16 yeah that was her prom date (laughs) yeah but i was like i thought she was i know it was weird i agree with you it was weird yeah you know those things where you have to marry your dad to prove you're gonna be a virgin to us oh the purity balls yeah Yeah, i was like what is that it's not even white but um and also the other thing i want to mention is her voice her voice sounds like chelsea's baby voice and it doesn't go in and out that's her actual voice. Yeah, I guess it does. I didn't really notice that, but now that you say it, yeah. And I just, I cannot imagine speaking to her for more than 10 minutes at a time. No, she also looks a lot like Christine, that like, she's she looks awful. Like yes. this whole episode, like she when they showed a flashback to her, like in her she dance costume, yeah. I was like, oh my God. Like, I could not believe that was the same person. She looks so gross. Her hair is a rat's nest. Her clothes are falling off of her or too tight. You know what? Like there's no yeah. in between. Like they fit so weirdly. You know, her feet are so dirty. She looks- Her nails are filthy. She looks truly disgusting. Yeah, and and she's sitting there telling us that she's not an addict. But I would, so this is part of the reason why a lot of people think that she was on things other than Molly. And I could, I could see that. Well, she probably was because they probably, you've talked about this, how they cast for true life is that mm-hmm. they just like ask people with certain things to like talk. And I bet it was like, do you have a drug problem or an alcohol problem? And so she like applied for it, but then they decided they wanted to be true life. I'm addicted to Molly. So they just had her talk about Molly and all the voiceovers. Mm. Yeah. Cause they've done a lot of different episodes on drugs when I'm like looking at new things to do. Um, I think I want to do that. Uh, it's not, is it, it's not, is it alcorexic? No, a drunkorexic. I think I want to do that. It's, it's a, episode where no the people do not eat all they do is drink because they're yeah. trying to stay thin and first of all i want to know what it's like to stay thin and also what it's like to drink to drink instead of eating food that sounds like it would never work but they did a lot of episodes on like uh drug stuff I'm, i mean you know true life's supposed to be a well true life started the very first true life episode was 
one of what's her face with the blonde hair, the short blonde hair, the MTV VJ going to Serena, Texas. <laughs> Serena going to Texas. I believe it was Serena going to Texas and um, like for black tar heroin. It was an episode yes. of black tar heroin. That's the very first true life episode. Oh, really? And I thought it was, so, I thought that one was so interesting at the time because I was like, so she's just going to sit in the car where they do heroin? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Remember, she's just going like, to talk like in the bathroom with them? Like, yeah. And she's talking to them while they're doing it. Mm-hmm. I think I would have told her to be quiet. I'm concentrating. <laughs> so I think that was a special. And from that special, spun off True Life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the thing about Paige is Paige really wants to dance. Dancing is really important to her. I can imagine if you go to the center stage school that you are certainly really care about dancing. I mean, you go to a boarding school where all you do is dance. Also, it's like anybody that is like a child prodigy or spends all of their childhood developing one area of practice. Like, you don't have an identity out of it, just like gymnasts and football players. And you know what I mean? Like when your whole life revolves around one thing as a child, like you don't learn to develop a personality and she probably feels like totally lifeless without dance. Cause what is she, if she's not dancing? Yeah. She, I watching this reminded me of this reality show that I cannot remember the name is on a weird fucking network that I watched where, and it wasn't bunheads. That's not a reality TV show, but it was about, um ballet companies and it was about one ballet company for a season and they talked about like how you get jobs and it is almost like the draft where you you could be you could be in a, you could be living in another city next year because this company didn't pick you up and you had to find work with another company in Minneapolis you know it's 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 really grueling stuff the way they rank you every, like constantly are ranking you constantly weighing you you don't oh. know anybody but like your whole social group are the people in your company but there's a lot of backstabbing and stuff and people fall in relationships with people in their company and then that person doesn't get a letter the next year so mm-hmm. now they have to move to arizona for a year and it's it was very interesting. I'm, if I can remember what the name of it is, I'm going to tweet it. Um, but I just, it was, I'm just thinking of her. So she's leaving that school and she has to figure out where she's going to be. That's probably, it's, it's the same as like when you go to some intense academic boarding school and everyone's trying to figure out the college they're going to go that that's cool. What they're probably trying to figure out is where, what company you're going to work in, where are you going to yeah. work? And she ends up in Vegas and she makes thousands of dollars a week. So, I mean, whatever she figured out wasn't terrible, but it's interesting that she went from there to this job and kind of spiraled down to living in this filthy place, looking like this, looks like she doesn't eat at all, crying over $30 worth of Molly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a hardcore like spiral down but what she's decided she's gonna do is she's gonna start a dance company called ambient movements <laughs> i know i this sounds like some the name of something on um on arrested development it sounds it oh my sounds god like, that's so <laughs> accurate oh, it really does it sounds like somebody made this up in a writer's room but <laughs> it really does so she's going to do that. And she has booked a show. And what when she's talking about these shows throughout this, she's looking at showcases. She's not the only one. It's not like a show where people are going to come watch her dance. It's a show where 
lots of things are happening on stage and she yeah. just won the X. She gets six minutes, I think is what she said. Yeah. And I found her on Twitter. I mean, she hasn't tweeted anything since 2015. But ambient movements had six dudes and three girls in it. <laughs> and it just I the picture of ambient movements, I was like, that does not like a dance troupe. I don't know why, but it just it looks different, but whatever. And so through the the goal is that she needs to cut back on Molly so she can concentrate on getting this done, so she can get jobs, so she can dance more. And honestly, it just doesn't do very much throughout the it she keeps saying she hasn't done something in two days or in a few hours, and I don't believe her. And so she just she still looks the same throughout the whole fucking episode. Yeah. Also, I guess she's drinking every day like that, which yeah. is probably part of it. And they don't show us her drinking to the end where she's like, she's super stressed. It's like, she does, she does the first performance and they get some good feedback, but she's. Oh my God. Can we talk about the audience of that first performance? Just go ahead. Because it just was like 25 old people sitting. (laughs) It was so weird. It was like a show that they bring to the senior citizen home. Literally, I was like, where is this taking place and who are those people? And imagine you're just like an old person out to see a show and then these fucking rave kids. <laughs> One of them is like twirling like a fire stick and yeah. like the rest of them are just like, do do like rave dancing. Like, like what is this? But I mean, I think that casinos... So I, I just finished listening to Holly's book, Holly's second book about being in Vegas and stuff. And the way she portrays Vegas and the way most people do Vegas are very different. And I think that a lot of Vegas casinos are full of old people who got there on a bus <laughs> from, from like a some nursing retirement home or something like that. That sounds right. And then they go gambling and see a show. Yeah. <laughs> So she does she does the first show and by by the time the show's over she's already getting high again immediately like the show literally she, she walks off stage yeah she says dancing makes me feel so high i don't want to get high and then she immediately goes to her purse and gets high also she has this friend that's in the dance company mikey mm-hmm. and mikey hates her drug use but like still hangs around her all the time and he's just like Ugh, you couldn't wait like he's like so disgusted and it's like no she's a drug addict like she yeah. couldn't wait. like are you just figuring this out she's preparing to do the drug she says you said i could as soon as i was done <laughs> and she's like doesn't even look at him uh, I, and I can imagine, like, Mikey's, like, a dabbler, you know? Because mm-hmm. otherwise, oh, how yeah, do you know he, that girl? You know, Mikey and Paige met, like, at a club, dancing. They did drugs together. He's, mm-hmm. like, really into her, so he hangs around her a lot. And he does drugs, but he has it mostly under control. And now suddenly he's, like, charged with taking care of this horrible drug addict. Yeah, and he probably thinks he's very different. And he, probably, and he might be, because plenty of people use drugs rec- recreational, and they're never, yeah. like, selling their grandma's TV, you know? And they just yeah. one day are like, ah, I'm too old for this. And so, but for him, I can imagine he does Molly, like, on the weekends, like, when he goes dancing and stuff. Yeah, and for fun, like you're supposed to. Yeah, and, and on a Wednesday night, she's texting him to ask him if he has it. And he's like, no, I have to go to work in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> what are you talking about? So after she does that, that's when she decides she says she's doing something in front of like event planners people who book shows and it looks like yeah. a showcase so that makes sense where they do a little showcase and they the people that they like they try to book them in places that you know 
but this is really hard. This is when we find out she's hardcore drinking. This is when she's out in the parking lot waiting for someone to show up with two sips of, of vodka. So she yeah, can- Yeah, who t- were those people? One was one of the dancers, and I guess the other one like the girlfriend. Like every time we we see anyone on her on her segment, it's like friend. <laughs> yeah, and she does have a lot of friends. Actually. I don't think she has a lot of friends. I think she has a lot of acquaintances. Well, I that's what I mean. She still has a lot of people willing to spend time around her. Yeah, but I don't think I don't know how much time they spend with her. That's fair. But I, what I'm saying is, compared to like people on intervention, she had a lot of people popping up. Okay, so like when we wa- when we watched Christie's intervention and we couldn't even watch her go <laughs> cop, like we yeah. like no one shows up. The, like production had to ask her sister to dry- ride a bike over there because because yeah. she doesn't know anybody. Exactly, that's and- what I mean in comparison to like on intervention when they literally don't interact with a single person the entire episode. But I'll tell you why I think that is. It's because the nature of her addiction. Is it's social. a party drug. It's a party yeah. drug. So you got to go to parties. So yeah, she, that's probably true. She probably half, she's probably MySpace friends. <laughs> she's probably, she's well, probably. Well, she's also still young. You yeah. know what I mean? I think that's probably another part of it is that she is still, she's 24, right? So there's probably like a grip of 22 year olds that will, are like willing to hang out with her for five months until they like really figure out what's going on and are like, oh no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, this used to happen all the time in the hospitality when I was like waiting tables is that I would be waiting tables with someone and we, you go out with them. Cause that's what you fucking do after you mm-hmm. wait tables. And later on, and at the time I stopped waiting tables when I was like 27 ish. I still had a, I, I was bartending at that point and that was the last time I did it, but sh- I would be going out with someone and find out they were like 38 Oh, <laughs> literally all the time. And they looked young too. They looked you're like, young. Wait, what? You're like 22 and all of a sudden this 45-year-old that you thought was maybe 30 is like, now you're out with them. Absolutely. Yeah. And everyone they know is, you know, young. This one chick I used to hang out with all the time. I've already told the story about how I started hanging out with a chick at a place and she had like had to go to jail because she'd attempted murdered a child. Right, right. And I was just like really shocked by that. I was like, what? Aren't you the hostess? And so, but another time I started hanging out with this chick and I didn't realize that she was so much older than us. I didn't realize that everyone she knew was like in her mid, when in their mid twenties, that she had lost custody of her kids. And the way she explained to me, she's like, well, you know, I used to go to Bennigan's a lot. God, that's a long ago. Benigan's was still around. Ooh. And she's like, I would go to happy hour and bring the kids and they would color and stuff. But sometimes I drink a little too much. And, you know, one time I drank a little too much and I was trying to take them home and I crashed into something. Oh and I was my like, God. I was like, I'd known her for a year and I was like, you have kids? And she's like, yeah, I never see them though. And, and, but she's the prime example. First of all, she had a big drinking problem. I didn't realize that until more than a year into it because I was seeing her after Friday night shifts. I didn't see her on Wednesday fucked up pissing on top of her car, which she absolutely did to me once. And so she climbed on top of her car and pissed. I didn't know that. And so I, I, and what the behavior she was having on Friday nights or Saturday nights after her double, it would seemed appropriate at the time. It, I didn't really, and I also didn't realize she was much older than me and had like preteen children. Yeah. She was. So I, I imagine that like, a lot of that happens where you just, so as she gets older, as Paige gets older, if she continues this way, her friends set are going to stay the same age because 
Yes. That's what you're doing when you're 21, 22. But she's going to be in her 30s, and she's going to be the old bitch they all hang around with. I mean, you even see it on Vanderpump Rules. Yes. Um, <laughs> like, Kristen Doty is, like, 39, and Stassi's, like, 30. I can't believe and like, Doty is my age. I cannot Maybe she's that. a little younger, but she's at least six to seven years older than Stassi. And I've always thought, like, it makes sense that they have a falling out like the older Stassi gets yeah <laughs> because when she was 23 hanging out with Kristen and Kristen was 30 it was fun and then now Stassi is 30 and she realized oh this is just how Kristen is like yeah, yeah. and it's the same thing with you always know if you ever know like a 35 year old dude that's always dating 19 year olds yeah. the reason is they get older and go oh he's a loser and I just didn't notice because I was 19 exactly. and I also stayed at home with my mom and would fight over whether I could drive her car. But he's damn near 40 doing the same thing. I don't know. So she's got a lot of friends. She, um, everybody's a friend that shows up on this, the scene. And so they're, she's trying to practice for this thing they're going to do on the showcase. And they're in an alley somewhere. I feel like they're behind a freeway. It was very confusing as to where they were. <laughs> There was an abandoned shopping cart over there. I, it didn't seem safe. There it, was a retainer wall. Wherever it went, I don't know. But there was definitely a big retainer wall. Yeah, that's why I thought they were on, like, the backside of a free. Yeah, they might have been. Or a dam, you know? Like, who knows? <laughs> so that's when we realized that she's got, she does the most dancing in this part. And she, the person who does the most dancing with her is Will, um, her friend, Okay. And he has been leaving practice early. He's annoyed with her because she's doing so much Molly. And so he gets there. I'm going to tell you right now, Will had no intention of staying at that, uh, at, that, at that practice. None whatsoever. He walked in looking like he was about to walk out. And he sits down. I guess he's smoking weed. That's what it looks like he's smoking, right? Yeah, I think okay. so. So he's smoking weed. And she keeps telling him to stop. As if she has any right to tell anybody to stop doing anything, but fine. She's like, stop doing it. And he gets mad inside. He's going to leave. And she's like, well, you can't leave until you give my money. And that's when we find out that her mother gave her $350 rent to Will so that she wouldn't spend it on Molly. And also she plans to take that money and spend it on alcohol and Molly. And he, <laughs> exactly. Even though it's for rent and cause she keeps saying she wants her money back and she needs it for stuff. He double flips her off. <laughs> and she's like, my money. Yes, she's like running after him. She's screaming at him, but then she's also to a point where she's begging like, please don't leave. Give me my money. Give me my money. He hops over the retainer wall and goes off into the, to the afternoon. And I fully believe he had no, he didn't have her money. That's what I think. I think he came to there. Like, if you came somewhere to bring someone some money, you get there and you're like, oh, and I have your money. Here it is. You don't yeah. sit over there looking like you're but pissed. But also, why didn't Allie's mom or Paige's mom just, like, pay the rent directly to the landlord? Like, I could not understand this convoluted system of rent paying that was going yeah. on. So was Will supposed to give the money directly to the landlord or was Will supposed to give the money to Paige and then make sure that Paige went to the landlord? Like, what was the situation? And Why what's Will? so amazing about Will that he's the person yeah. that you trust him with the rent? He doesn't Why is trust Will in charge? <laughs> yeah. So she, then she goes and she spirals after this. She's in her house. They're filming her. She's just 
burying her head in various towels, pillows. She's like, I need it for stuff. I need my money. I need it for stuff. And she keeps saying it's a rent money, but she keeps talking about how she's going to buy, not rent with it. (laughs) That's why I was so confused. I was like, if I'm Paige's mom and I give the money to Will for rent, I'm assuming that Will's then walking right over to the landlord and paying the landlord. Yeah. Not like that Paige doesn't see the cash ever. I just... He looked like he showed up because he wanted to say he showed up. And the first thing that happened, he was going to run out. And that made me feel like he didn't have her money. That's why. He doesn't, he doesn't have it. So, <laughs> so the next time we see Paige, because she has had no money, she says she's been sober for a couple of days. Or did she say, I haven't done Molly for I a couple of days? I think she said, I haven't done Molly. Okay, so not sober. And she's now getting ready to go do the performance. Will appears. <laughs> he says he has the money. I'm like, he must have got paid from his job or something. Well, she wasn't even sure if Will was going to show up for the performance. Right. He's needed for performance and she still needs the money. And the two of them like have a not sober cry makeup in which she apologizes in her little voice for getting mad at him that he stole her money and ran off. Oh my God. It was really sad. So they do the performance. Some people say they like them. They want to, the, the person that's the director of the showcase said they were really good. You know what the performance reminds me of? <laughs> you know that gif of like the goth kids that are dancing? In, yes. like under the thing. <laughs> that's what it looked like. <laughs> that's really what it was. That's what ambient music, is, or what is it called? Ambient dancing? Ambient movement. Ambient movement is that gif of the goth kids dancing like under the bridge. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong at all. <laughs> but apparently that's good for what they were supposed to be doing. Apparently. <laughs> I, I'm not a good judge of this. This does not, like I said. The, if I was in Vegas seeing a show and then it just was like six kids that were dancing to EDM, <laughs> I'd be like, why aren't they just at a rave? Like, what are they doing on stage? You know, the show is free. That's how they get you into the thing. <laughs> so no one's complaining. It's like a, they probably perform it like a, tri- you know, a timeshare, like um, yep. presentation. <laughs> they make you sit through it to get the two days where it's like tuesday through thursday in reno like i would Allie, do tuesday her page and her ambient movement like performed at that meeting yeah. that they make you sit through so some apparently somebody came up and was telling one of the dancers that they're really interested in giving them information and what we hear from Paige, kind of during her wrap-up is that she's using molly twice a week instead of every day Okay. I don't know if I believe that. What else are you using? Are you still drinking? Also, it's like, like that's not really good. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. And her dance company got booked for some, like, monthly things where they will have a certain amount of money coming in. They don't tell us how much money. So it could literally be $50 that the eight of you guys have to split every month. Yeah. that could. That's a real thing. And they also tell us that she and will have decided to be in a relationship (laughs) and they're moving in together and they're moving in together and i found an update which was only two months after it aired i feel like it it aired yeah it came on after it aired it aired in december 2014 and i feel like true life is really good they're 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 recording closer to the dates because Mm -hmm. on some of the other things i've done 
the dominatrix one like they recorded it and then it was out two months later oh wow it was really close tight turnaround yeah but so in her update she says that she really had to stop doing so much molly because she got the chicken pox and had to go to the hospital excuse me <laughs> yes i said who is the fucking chicken pox but <laughs> do the chicken pox even exist anymore no they don't because you get a um the M- vaccine it's the been MMR. eradicated right yeah you don't get chicken pox anymore but in 2014 she got the chicken pox and chicken pox in adults is really dangerous yeah i think they call it that's shingles. why you're like so, it, it is shingles and that's why you're supposed to get it as a kid yeah so even when we were getting it yeah remember i remember in the 80s when i got it like people in the neighborhood brought their kids over so exactly. they, they could get sick too so they could just get it and be done with it yeah i re- i was like asking my niece one day something about chicken pox and she's like what is that and i was like oh my god because i feel like every seven-year-old knew what chicken pox was when sure. i was a kid sure and think of all the books and stuff we read in like elementary school like about the, chicken pox yeah. yeah getting the chicken pox was like uh, could be a plot line in them because it was like a universal childhood thing getting a chicken exactly. pox. Exactly. Just like losing your tooth or something. Yeah. But, so she got the chicken pox in 2014 and was hospitalized with it. Oh my um, God. I think, it, I think shingles can make you sterile too. I, they like wreak havoc on your whole body, I think. Yeah. So that was one of the things. They asked her about Will. She says they're on and off. Sure you are. <laughs> and that she didn't move in with him because, you know, they're still working things out. <laughs> so that's the end for page and normally with these true life episodes the first person is who i always think the episode was built around but i don't think it was built around page i feel like it was built around Allie. yeah i think so too yeah Allie so, had a more compelling story yeah that's what i'm saying like it felt like they were like okay we got something with Allie. how do we pair this and make it a show so, so i think the thing with page is that hers is like so dark and doesn't have any sort of conclusion it's like so chaotic and such a mess and like as we have discussed like i literally cannot wrap my head around what she does for a living like what this ambient movement thing is like who anybody in her scenes are ambient movement isn't what she does for a living you know that i you and i both know that well yeah (laughs) but like i can't do you know what i mean like i can't wrap my head around any of it where Mm -hmm. Allie's is a much more concise understandable storyline where she has bad friends then she has family then she goes to rehab then she has her post rehab birthday party like it's much more linear yeah and yeah it's not something you can build around and she's 21 she's in pittsburgh which from wait let me tell you so my friend jess this is like her favorite true life episode and i was like oh "Oh, i'm watching this uh because i know you love this episode and i was like i said something that page did and she goes oh is she the really thin one and i was like yeah she's like really thin and then we saw Allie, and i was like oh this is the really thin one yes she is super super skinny. literally she's 80 pounds and so from talking to you my understanding so philly is much more eastern pennsylvania and pittsburgh is much more to the west is this correct yeah I- pittsburgh is basically the midwest okay so if they're like pittsburgh and philly two different worlds yes okay so she's 21 she lives in pittsburgh and we see her graduating from beauty school and just like when chelsea graduated from beauty school you don't really graduate from beauty school like a graduation yeah, what happens you is you finish your hours yeah you get all your hours and maybe someone there stops and goes let's give a hand for so-and-so who just finished their hours yeah because i think everybody's on their own 
pay like their own schedule. Like if you go every day, five days a week for eight hours a day, you finish way quicker than the girl that only goes three days a week for yeah. five hours a day or whatever. It's about, you have to get um, like license hours. It's not yeah. really like a schedule like that. You have to go yeah. through certain things. And so it's taken her two years to get through this and it's a nine month course. <laughs> and this shady ass fucking director during her little five minute speech that you give whenever someone graduates, she goes, Allie's finally graduating. I was oh like, my did, God. You, did you need to say that? Did it you was know? so crazy. Also, Allie looked crazy. She was holding her little white dog. It was like, I was wondering what that it dog was, was doing there. <laughs> it was a crazy, I was like, is this a fever dream? Like it was so weird. Everything about it was so weird. I thought it was a stuffed dog at first. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's got a lot of mommy issues too. She's got her stuffed doggy and she's <laughs> so she's graduating there and what she tells us is that she is the daughter of two college professors right mm-hmm. um i'm assuming she's an only child she seems very spoiled she mentions being spoiled yes. um she lives in that that house is like a third floor because she says a top yeah. floor so pittsburgh has some really beautiful old homes and i would imagine her prof- her parents are probably professors at Pittsburgh University or Carnegie Mellon or Duquesne. So Pittsburgh has some good colleges and they're probably well-paid college professors that live in a beautiful old home. And then their drug addict daughter like haunts the third floor. <laughs> and so it took me a while to figure out when she said she lived at the top of their house that it was still happening because where she lives looks like where Paige lives. Well, not as yeah, bad. Yeah, no, but- she's, she's haunting their Victorian home. Like she's the ghost. <laughs> So when she went downstairs, like, what the fuck? What did she so I mean, she she's what she tells us is that when she started school, she always felt like an outsider. And I imagine that her parents are the type that really care about academics. It makes sense that they are, and that like she's probably doesn't feel like she fits in with her family. She doesn't fit in at school, and she started going to raves where she started doing Molly, and she, you know, she just went from there. Yeah. Um. I. So she does a video about halfway through this, where she's, I'm sure they took off her in her like her social media or something where she's taking the molly and she's talking about how it makes you feel happy and not want to eat. Yeah. When she gets out of rehab, I was like, do they need to send her back, but to the eating disorder wing? That's what I was thinking. What is going on? I was like, this is probably like one of those things where, well, like you talked about, like you went to rehab for opiates, but you go, uh, like you, you also realized that you, that while you were going for opiates though, that you had been using Adderall and addictive, Mm -hmm. you had been, you you were addicted to weed, um, that these things were all part of your addiction. But when you walked in the door the first time, you were like, like, I always remember your story where you got in the car, where you ran out to your dad and said, I'm, uh, what are you saying? I'm addicted to opiates. Yeah, you said, I, no, you said, I'm withdrawing from opiates. You have to take me to the, why am I telling, why am I correcting you on your story? You have to take (laughs) me to the hospital, which is such a formal way. Like, I would have been like, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) And you're like, I'm withdrawing from opiates. But through your recovery, you realized of all these other things that you also had addictions to. And I, I I think that probably, she realized 
that one of the reasons she really liked Molly is kept because of her concurring eating disorder. Cause that she, well, she like, when she came home though, she like needed to go away again. Like she, like, she was like, I gained 15 pounds. I was like, where? Yeah. She looked. And so throughout the, sh- the episode, we see her in all these baggy clothes and stuff. And at first I was mm-hmm. like, why is she wearing that? And I was like, oh, she's dressing like an Olsen twin. Because- exactly. Or like a Rachel Zoe. Yeah. That's why she's dressing like that. By the way, guys, <laughs> Liz tweeted a couple of days ago how the Olsen twins never seem to get hot. And she's referring to like the fact that they wear all these layers and winter clothes all the time. And I legit thought you were saying that the Olsen twins never got pretty. <laughs> and I was oh, like, no. wow, this is a random burn on the Olsen twins. No, I just had seen a picture of Ashley wearing like a winter coat and like wool pants. And it was like oh. 95 degrees out. <laughs> and somebody replied and they're like, yeah, because they don't have body fat. I was like, but still, don't you get hot? But, and also you think about their lifestyles. Do you think that they're outside a lot? No, I know they, but even so I'm not outside a lot and I'm so hot. They're rich. They have really great air conditioning. <laughs> they pro- it's probably 60 degrees in there. In their yeah, must all be. The time, all around. So, but she dresses like a Rachel Zoe. She dresses like, um, I, I, you know what? I should revisit the Rachel Zoe project. I have all the episodes, I think, on a hard drive. I remember can put them Taylor drive with that hair just chewing Oh, of gum course I remember and Taylor. Like giving Brad the business, like, this is how you do it. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so she's the one that said the dancing helps the high stay longer. And when I was like, oh, this is not the drug for me at all. And so she's dancing. She likes to go out. She's got all these friends that are absolutely a part of her addiction. They're getting high with her. They're all a mess. Yeah. But the difference is, well, not the difference. Well, she's 21 years old. And I bet bet when I was 21 years old, almost all my friends were a mess too. Yeah. Um, Mine were. Yeah. Not almost all. (laughs) And if they have been doing Molly or even heroin. I can't say I wouldn't have tried it because everyone I knew, if you know what I'm saying, if you run with a certain group and you're always around them, even if you don't necessarily do it the first couple of times, you're like, okay, well these, you know. Yeah. Eventually you do it. Yeah. If you go, as they say, if you go to the barber shop enough, you'll get a haircut. <laughs> An AA phrase. That is such a thing my mom would say. So that's probably where she got it. <laughs> and it's also true. It's true. I, I'm also laughing because this morning, um, before I even got out of fucking bed, because my husband was out here basically negotiating with children. <laughs> like, he, he's like playing let's make a deal with timeout. <laughs> and I hear him putting like a four-year-old in a 10-minute timeout. And I'm yelling, you can't put a four-year-old in a 10-minute timeout. <laughs> he's like, well, if he stops crying, I'll take two minutes off. And then he can stay home. I was like, no. <laughs> So you're doing it wrong. And so I'm laying in bed, I'm looking at Twitter and there's a thread about what's the most ghetto thing that's ever happened to you while you're getting your hair done. And a woman had said she took so long that she got tired and I just spent the night and they just went through. <laughs> <laughs> and I went through the thread. It's just so fucking funny. A, a girl was like 17 getting her hair braided and the braider baby daddy had blocked her. So she asked her to use her phone so she can go on Facebook and <laughs> But this is, it's only funny because it's all fucking true. Like, I believe all of it. And one guy goes, we should do this for barbers. One time I was getting my hair cut and the barber got arrested in the middle of the hair. <laughs> <laughs> that would suck. 
yeah i was like yeah 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 yeah. that sounds another guy he got shot the the house got shot up plenty of them realized they were in a trap house about halfway through getting their hair braided like this is i don't know it's off topic but that's the whole fucking podcast i just it made me laugh so fucking hard because i started learning how to do my own hair because i got tired of going to people's houses and them as one tweeter said as one tweet said cooking chicken and beating kids in between doing my hair and i, I was just like you gotta pause to whoop a child well <laughs> and the thing is if you can if you can braid you can do two heads a, a week and make four hundred dollars easily and stay at home with your kids and still be there like if i i i was thinking about ali becoming a like she's becoming a hairdresser or whatever and thinking like her parents probably she probably was leaving high school and the the idea of her going to college just wasn't going to happen whether it's grades wise or desire or whatever and they said well you have to do something yeah because they're college professors yeah they're not going to let you just go work at best buy and so they're like you have to do something and she was like well i could be a hairdresser i can go to cosmetology school yeah she, she's like well i i want to be a hairdresser but like she doesn't at all no ever. she just, she just likes, likes to dye her hair, hair. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it is and to a certain extent i was thinking of chelsea the same way and yeah. that it's really i just like doing stuff i like doing stuff to my hair i think chelsea eventually didn't she quit she got an s eventually she went to the esthetician certificate yeah instead of the the cosmetology because the, the estheticians one is shorter yeah and so i see her going that's why it took her two years too because i'm sure plenty of time she didn't show up and that they're saying like i would think that like being some being someone who could do hair is a good trade okay you can make good money doing that you can um you can build well, a, a career yeah you can build a nice life it's not just a job it's an actual career that you can make a good living on yeah and even if you're like somebody who braids hair in the hood you can actually it's it's nice work if you can get it because you could actually do very well for yourself make your own hours and mm -hmm. and get paid under the table too but so i don't anyway i think it's funny that we started off this with her graduating and I'm like, that girl doesn't want to graduate. She's, she's not ever going to work in a salon. She's not ever going to shampoo a head anywhere. Oh, no. Um, so what else did she do? Oh, she's smoking on the roof of her parents' house, coughing, hacking, going, eventually I just want to get to where cigarettes is all that makes me happy enough to calm <laughs> me down. And I was like, you need to put that cigarette down. <laughs> she had COVID or something. It was terrible. So when she gets home from partying one night, her parents, she comes home to her parents being like, well, now you have to go to rehab. Well, first, wait, first we need to talk about the last night that she goes out before her parents confront her. She's like sitting on a porch and she, her dog was barking when she left. And, and like, she was like, obsessed. she's like, my dog is upset. My dog is upset. And her friend is like, shut the fuck up about your dog and take the Molly. <laughs> Like they were not here for like her dramatics over her dog. That's because I don't think they're her friends. Like I think Yeah, they don't give a fuck. They're like, shut up. Like you're being annoying. We're trying to get fucked up. They're very specific types of friends. And if you know, like waitress friends or yeah. yoga friends, they are Molly friends. And we don't care about that dog. And you're and I also find it interesting that they were that not necessarily the people in the other girls, um, 
segment. I find it interesting these people wanted to be on screen. Yeah. Yeah, because they don't live in, like, Las Vegas doing Las Vegas things. Yeah, and I bet all of them live with their parents, and they seem... I'm always fascinated by who's willing to go on TV and do what on TV. Yeah. And they seem so happy to be getting high, which, I mean, of course you would be. But, so, they do that, and then she goes to the club and dances in, like, a a lighted area. I don't know what that was. (laughs) She was just, like, alone on this raised platform, like vibing <laughs> <laughs> yeah and if i didn't know she was high i would have thought she was because it was because that's the type of shit i'd be like you have to be high to just do that yeah absolutely yeah so she gets home and her parents are like you got to go to rehab and i just i they don't I, I keep saying i wish i could ask the questions in these interviews because they don't explain what the last straw was and it feels like you were supposed to be home by a certain time or I don't know that dog barking really did bother your parents. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't seem like it escalated to anything. No. Like what happened? So you just come home and I'm sure you came home at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And your mom is home is up going. Now you got to go to rehab. What happened? (laughs) She's been doing this the whole fucking time. Like you said, she's haunting the third floor. What happened? So she's really upset. Um, she, she's smoking cigarettes she's smoking cigarettes on the roof and then sprays herself with this perfume and i was like oh that looks so fucking familiar from like being like in my 20s I didn't smoke cigarettes but just like my friends around me being like just smoking cigarettes smoking weed and just being like i'll just spray this passions or whatever on me or whatever <laughs> go down she probably smells horrific when she Horrible. gets there she also looks filthy I, I, she, she, so she goes downstairs and she talks to her mom who is very much she gave me Kate Gosling vibes Kate Gosling goes to college vibes like she she is very upset at how out of control this has gotten and she doesn't understand it at all and she's just like we're gonna do something about her it parents, I have questions about her parents I don't think we even saw her dad did we no, we just saw a pic, and he looks just like her mom. They look like twins. Like, her mom is such an enabler. I'm sure she came home and was not was using again pretty quickly. Her mom's just like, okay, like, you're going to go to rehab. I just went out, and I bought you all new clothes for oh rehab. And like, she's sitting there like a like this shrunk. She looks horrific. She's, she's like, showing the shoe. She goes, mommy. aren't these flip-flops cute? Thank you, mommy. It was so bizarre. It was I so weird. I love a mommy. <laughs> and she's like therapy doesn't work mommy and she's like you gotta find something that works rehab could help you we just want you to be happy and it feels like she just got a presentation from the rehab because she's like this isn't just about you this is a family thing (laughs) i think her mom just i think at that point they just weren't sure like probably what exactly she was doing how much exactly she was doing mm -hmm. they just needed like to do something about it i'm trying to think about whether i would let my kids stay on the third floor of my house like that you know what i mean like not yeah, just being 21 I, and you know coming and going as you please and being and being irresponsible but also like i'm looking at her and she looks like she's gonna die i think i i don't know i think it's easy to be like i wouldn't enable them and i would kick them out but like when you know your skillless 21 year old drug addicted daughter like yeah where is she gonna go yeah that's what i'm saying i can't imagine i'm trying to imagine it 
like what I do, like what I the right the right thing that you're supposed to say is like I wouldn't allow that to happen and I wouldn't enable them. But, but when you're in that situation, you know your child literally has no skills for life and like cannot take care of herself. And if you kick her out, like she will have nowhere to live. It's like that's not really she an looks option. Pathetic. She's pathetic. She looks like she's 14. Yeah, and. I'm just trying to imagine myself just like, like being like, you got to get all your stuff and you got to go. I <laughs> go where exactly. I think What's the difference between Paige and Allie is that Paige is much more of a Christie, I guess. Like she is just like out of control, but she looks like an adult. You can tell she's lived on her own for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Like, even though her life is a fucking mess, like it's her life that's a fucking mess. Like she lives away from her family. She's just like rip roaring and causing destruction wherever she goes. Allie is like a pathetic 14 year old that's yeah. like somehow been allowed to go to bars <laughs> and like she needs to be like rocked like a baby to sleep every night. Like that yeah. she is very childlike in a way that Paige absolutely is not. Yeah. I, yeah. How do you kick your kid out that has no life skills? Where are they going to go? You're going to put your kid to be homeless? You had to get a re- you had to be really fed up to make your child homeless. And knowing my kids, they probably wouldn't even leave the street. They just sit out front. So now I'm looking out the window at them. I'm like, come on back in. I'm sorry I said that. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> you know, it's so easy to be like, you have to do tough love. And this is what you have no, to do. But you when do you're that. actually in that situation, you're faced with the choice of, if I kick them out, they will have nowhere to live. It's very hard to make that decision. I think so too. I think it's easier to kick them out when they're combative with you. And- yeah. Also when they have like, when you know they have street smarts and life skills, yeah. like if your kid's a piece of shit, but like, you know, if you kick him out, like he'll figure it out. He'll be on yeah. somebody's couch for three weeks. Then yeah. he'll get a job. Then like there are certain kids that I feel like even if they don't necessarily have somewhere absolute to go, you could feel comfortable kicking them out because they're street smart. They know how to get around. Like they're yeah. like a cat. You know what I mean? Like that cat mm-hmm. will land on its feet. I can't it's why, deal with it. It's why when you see cats wandering the street, or at least when I do, I'm never worried for them. I'm like, they know what they're fucking doing. Yeah. But if I see a dog in the street, I'm like, You're oh, like, somebody uh-oh. needs to get that dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly the same. And so I can understand like when your child has no life skills and they're a pathetic, like they're pathetic. That's the only word to use for it. Like you can't kick them out. You can't because she, I mean, she probably wouldn't even have somebody's couch to sleep on. I probably, I know what I'd probably do though. I probably wouldn't give her the third floor. I'd make her come stay in in a room closer to me. I mean, I don't know how their house is laid out, but she'd have to be. She wouldn't be getting an allowance for me. I wouldn't be letting her use the car. Like I think her parents obviously are like very far on the enabling end, but I also like can understand why if you are genuinely concerned, your child would have to sleep on the sidewalk if you kick them out. And I do think it's easzier to kick out like a combative Janelle. Yes. No, when your kid's like in your face screaming, but also Who hasn't you're been like, home in three days anyway. Yeah, so exactly. you're like, she's got somewhere to go. <laughs> she's got somewhere to go. She's going to go live on her granny boyfriend's couch. Like who gives a fuck? But like when your child comes home every night because they literally have nowhere else to go and they're a drug addict, ugh, that's tough. Yeah. I So yeah, I'd probably like be like, I'm not going to give you money. You're going to have to, you can't be up there. Because like she said, are you smoking up there? And she's like, yeah. no, she's smoking weed. And so like- and, and she's not smoking a weed pen. She's smoking weed. So even though she's on the third floor, eventually you smell it, you know? And like, uh, it's, it's, it's really, it was hard to watch her. Um, 
she just seemed like just pathetic like we were saying so she goes to rehab and she's there for 22 days oh wait her mom's buying her all this clothes new clothes because she's gonna throw out everything in her room while she's at rehab <laughs> what <laughs> is i mean no i'm not like i understand the thought process of that why the clothes yeah like, and throw out all the drugs not the yeah clothes. and clean it up up there and then like yeah. i said i'd be like you can't stay up there anymore you're gonna have to be close so i can i can keep an eye on you more i i know how they talk about like how sometimes you can go to rehab and then that's why people stay at halfway houses or stay where their where their rehab is because you, you're making a fresh start but it just mm-hmm. this seemed crazy like i'm just gonna don't worry i've just bought you all these things <laughs> I'm going to give them to you. And then I'm going to go up there and throw everything out of your room. And when you come back, it'll be a fresh start. She's definitely an only child. (laughs) Yeah. She's an only child. There's no way this is, or maybe she has a much older sibling. She's, she's, Oh yeah. That could be true too. And being raised like an only child. Yeah. Uh, So she goes to rehab. She gets out in 22 days. Um, So don't they have like three week rehabs or something? Um, no, that's just probably as much as her insurance would pay for. Okay. So she's out and she's walking. You actually get less. So the first time you go to rehab, you get approved for a shorter stay. It's actually harder to get into rehab the first time. Um, because once you've been to rehab, then you have like a documented substance abuse issue and insurance will give you more treatment. But the first time you try and get treatment for substance abuse, it's like it's counterintuitive you think the first time it'd be easier and then you'd like run out of your benefits and there is a little bit of that but it's actually much easier to get approved for treatment once you've already gone so it's possible in her first go around she only got 21 days i think 21 days is like a common insurance amount that they'll pay for now is do you think it's also based on the idea that most people don't go to rehab once i mean like the insurance thing? Yeah, that they're thinking, well, we're going to pay uh, this person again. So yeah, let's give them a I think bit it's now. that. And I also think that they don't want people, um, so stupid, because who would do this? But like people just like using their insurance benefits, like take a break from life <laughs> if they don't really have a substance abuse problem. That actually does sound like something an insurance person would say, though. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, I think you call up and find out why you couldn't get more days. And they're like, well, you can't just take a break from life. You have to. Well, it's just like, it's just the stupidity of insurance. You know what yeah. I mean? Where you just like, can't, you can't get covered until you get a diag. You can't get this treatment until you get a diagnosis, but you can't get the diagnosis because you can't get this treatment. It's like that yeah. dog chasing the tail thing of the American healthcare system. Yeah. Just bullshit. Yeah. Um, so this is where we see her skinniest Fuck, like scary okay, skinny her legs yes. i gasped mm-hmm. that terrified me when she said she was now 95 pounds i was like where i do not believe you she looked like she looked thinner than when she went in yeah or maybe we just hadn't ever seen her legs because she was always in baggy clothes i but can't like, believe she, she put on those shorts i know she did not look like she had gained 15 pounds at all um so she's walking the dog and she's talking about how she doesn't Also, wanna... did you notice like she could barely move her body when she was walking the dog? Yeah. She's she was, like tu- shuffling she, her feet. Like she, she could was not blaming walk. it on that puppy, like that he's running too fast or whatever. And I was she, like, she like couldn't physically move her body. I was like, and this no, is after 21 days away. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know how she got. I don't. And her parents seem like the type that if they were told she had an eating disorder as well, that she needed to even go to outpatient, like you guys were talking about when you were talking about Finn, um, mm-hmm. which is like one of my favorite documentaries of all time. I'm so ha- happy to like listen to you guys talk about it. Um, part of it's because like I don't know what it's like to be Finn. You know what I mean? I don't know what that like. This isn't something that I would ever have in. I don't know about eating disorders like that, you know, like, oh, I'm just never going to eat again. And so watching that was so fucking interesting the first 50 times I watched it, but also something that I learned by watching it about how sometimes there's, there's this split between what you can get paid for and you need really help with. And also this place has rules and mm-hmm. the, the type of person that wants to break those types of rules are also sometimes the type of people who really need this treatment. And, but you also can't have them there creating chaos for, for other, other people. people, leading other people down the wrong way. And, and that's just, that's like rehabs all over the place have to kick people out for stupid shit. Like, I don't know. Uh, you didn't make your bed. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, some, usually some I would rule. say a big reason to get kicked out is oftentimes you get caught having sex with someone yeah. that will usually get you kicked out. Or if you're just like being so combative and like fighting with the staff a lot, that will get you kicked out. Like yeah. once you're at a certain point where you're just like non-responsive and you're making it so other people can't get better, like they'll ask you to leave. Right. And then you find out your last straw is that you told the nurse to suck it or something like that. And you're like, that? You're going to kick me out on that? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, this is, the fact is, is that, if we don't have these rules here, this place is going to be in fucking chaos. Yeah, there has to be consequences. But, and it doesn't matter if you really need the treatment. The fact is that you can't get the treatment here. So, but, so that's one of the first times I watched a documentary and I, and I really thought about the way treatment centers are run and how you have to do things. Anyway, um, she reminded me of, what's the main girl in Thin? Shelby? The the twin? Yeah. Yeah she that's what she looked like yeah and i wish like i said i wish i was the one that got to ask the questions on these things i'd love to be like so can we talk about your body can can we talk about that how surprised i would probably start something soft with like the last time i saw you i didn't realize that you were so thin you you say you've gained weight and then i probably like try to push from there Mm -hmm. because I feel like it's so interesting that they just don't even fucking talk about this. Yeah. Well, she does say I've, I've lost so much weight since last year, but that's it. Yeah. It's scary. She looks scary. Yeah. So she's not, she looks scary, but looking at her makes you scared for her health. Yeah. She looks like, she looks like she has been through an incredible illness. This is, she looks like, if someone yeah, told me she's moving her body like she's like very sick. Right. I if someone agree. told she, me she just had a a, a five year bout with cancer. Yeah. And was I would I would believe that. I completely agree. Yeah. So she tells us that her that she's you know she doesn't want to use anymore. She feels better. She's happy she went to rehab, but <laughs> her birthday is coming up, and she's not gonna she's not gonna let this ruin her life. This was tough. Which is absolutely a 21-year-old thing to say, right? Yeah. She, like, her friends throw her a party where they're all wasted. They are wasted. It's like, so this is her birthday party? Yeah. 
Yeah, but I, you know what? I bet you also if she, if someone had been like, you know, let's not do this. Let's let's go to a nice dinner or something like that. She'd have been like, no. Well, she even says she's like, I like being sober when you guys are all drunk. It's like fun. Like I get to be me, and I'm like, I doubt that. I doubt that. I don't. I don't see you doing that. Also, uh, did we talk? Her, she, her, and her mom are having a conversation at one point, and she's like. Every day I wake up and like say that I don't want to get high today. And I like plan out her day and her mom beams. And she's like, did you learn that in rehab? (laughs) Like you can tell her mom was like, oh, great. We fixed her. Like rehab taught her exactly what she needed to do. Like great, 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 great. Like not realizing she's staring down the barrel of like probably a lifetime of issues. Yeah. I think that, I think that, so by the time the update happened, she hadn't like uh, relapsed. But the update was only like, she was only four months over at that point. Yeah, exactly. Um, and also people aren't always honest about relapse. Yeah, what are you going to do? MTV calls and they're like, hey girl, are you still sober? And you're like, yeah, bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where's the, like, they, they don't require a drug test. Like you yeah. tell them what's going on. But even in like, in real life, like some, I, I've known people who relapsed and just kept going to their meetings. Like they hadn't. And yeah. they were embarrassed to say anything. That's part of it. They didn't want to, to have to say it and you only found out maybe six months later that actually my my real sober date is this because that because oh my god just recently i have this friend um that i know in the rooms like i met her through another friend that i have and mm-hmm. a group of them have had all gotten sober like a group of like five women had all gotten like sober at the same time and six months in one of them relapsed like shortly, like the day after her sister got married or something. And so it was always like, oh yeah, we all are within like 30 days of each other. And this friend is like six months behind us, but because she relapsed at one time. And this was seven years ago. I think they're all seven years. And that girl just recently has started admitting actually that whole first six months she was still using. Like she kept on a secret for like, for, and these are her best friends. And they're also understanding about addiction. And she's literally been sober for six and a half years at this point. And like, she's just now admitting that she was not sober that whole time. Like, not that she was, I don't think she was like actively lying. I think she just like, was like, oh, well, this is my sober date. You know what I mean? She was being honest about what her sober date was. So I think she kind of just looked at that as like, oh, that was like a fuck up time. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I've been sober since this date, so it doesn't really matter that I wasn't sober at that time. Yeah. And none of her friends were like mad at her. They were just like, really? And she was like, yeah. <laughs> and we were all like, oh, okay. Like, well, it happens. Shit. That's how it yeah. goes normally. The fact when they did the update, she's like, I've been four months sober. I, I immediately was like, okay, well, if you have been four months sober the whole time, that's like not the norm like a lot of people relapse yeah that's great like if that's true that's great she also got a girlfriend which first of all why did we find out about her either being a lesbian or bisexual at the end i was i know i know that wasn't relevant but i just felt like tricked i was like so uh this i feel like while she was telling us her story like you know what? Maybe this is her first girlfriend. I just felt like they had left out romantic interests in a lot of ways. Yeah. And then at the end, they were like, ta-da! Look at this! Yeah, she also, um, she the girl seemed very weird because Allie looks at her and she's like, your eyes are so beautiful. And she's like, you're lying. And Allie's like, no, I'm not lying. Like, it, not in like, oh, babe, you're lying. Like, stop. She was like, you're lying. And Allie's like, what? 
I'm not lying. Yeah, Why would I lie? I'm sober. Was. I don't need to lie. Like it was like, yeah. it was not, I was like, this is bad vibes, bad vibes. Well, what I got from that was that the girlfriend was just as young as she was. One has not figured out a way to take a compliment yet. <laughs> but also that made me think about how being young and drama and stuff. And I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if two weeks from now for, from that, uh, from that party that they were arguing over something stupid. Like I, it just seemed like a bad idea altogether. Yeah. I, I also wonder, I mean, obviously people do it all the time, obviously, but I also wonder about someone who wants to get into a relationship with someone who's like three, four Four months months sober. sober. Yeah. Yeah. Or even at that point, she was two months sober. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. What is wrong with you that you want to be with someone in that early recovery? Yeah. And that someone's like, so what have you been doing? Oh girl, I just got out of rehab. I was in for 22 days. And yeah. And that your next step is like, we want to be girlfriends. So um, it's just, again, yeah, I don't do have all a, the time. I don't have a ton of hopes for her because we didn't hear anything about new friends she was making, that she was going to meetings. I thought everybody has to go to meetings. But I just mean, like, we didn't hear anything about how she's changed her life, like, yeah. in any active way. Like she, The aftercare. I thought, I thought when she said... Well, because she did say my girlfriend's introducing me to a ton of people that don't do Molly, which like, okay, but are they drinking and doing Coke and smoking weed? Like, it's not just Molly that is your issue, according to you, because you're 100% sober now. And like, I thought when they showed the birthday party, before they showed them playing beer pong, I quickly was like, oh, maybe she met new sober friends that were throwing her a birthday party. And no. then they flashed <laughs> them playing beer pong. And I'm like, they're playing beer pong at her birthday party? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And, you know, when my my dad is sober, um, but he doesn't work a program, for maybe 10 years after my dad was sober, my mom continued to drink mm-hmm. and had alcohol in the house and stuff. And I always was like, isn't that hard? And he's like, well, it's not really hard because... I just know that I can't because, you know, he comes from like a long line of alcoholics. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's grown up with so much alcohol based violence in his life and stuff. And he just said, I just, I just know I can't. I just, it's like, he always says the allergic thing. He's like, I just know that if I start now, I'm probably going to die. So it's yeah. very easy. And when my mom completed rehab, my mom doesn't drink at all. So they don't have anything in their house and they don't, and they just don't, they can go places, but they just, they're, they're never going to have a party in their honor where there's a bar at it because why would they, you know? And I just think, not that I think that, um, that she can't go to parties and raves and stuff, but I also think that like, because she's so close to it. No, I'll, I'll say, I think that she can't go to parties and raves. I'm, com- I'm comfortable saying that. At it's two so months hard. sober with your old friends, I'm comfortable saying that you should not go to parties and raves. That's well, you just know, it. It's, it's just a fucking fact. It's not fair. It's hard. You, it sucks. You want to hang out with your friends, but you should not be there because if you hang out in a barbershop enough, you're going to get a fucking haircut. <laughs> and at two months sober, why would you risk that? And the reality yeah. is, is that you should be with, sober people doing sober things going out to dinner with your parents going to the movies going bowling trying to find a job trying to find a job trying to make and develop new friends with people that are not the people that you used with like i'm sorry i'm sure there are people that can do it and they're fine but why there's so many things in recovery that i always feel like why would i take the risk by doing that 
like so many things. And that has really helped me stay sober for a long time, especially in early recovery. It's like, could I go do this thing and stay sober? Yeah, I think so. But is it worth the risk to do this thing? No. And it's why like, I don't smoke weed, right? Because I'm like, well, maybe I could smoke weed. And like, then I wouldn't get back to like hard drugs. I used to love weed. Yeah. Like I maybe like help with my anxiety. Like I can go through in my head, like the reasons why I should smoke weed. And this is very common for almost anybody that's addicted to hard drugs. It's either weed or alcohol because those are like baby drugs for most people. You know what I mean? And And more acceptable. Yeah. They're socially acceptable. That's also where you started. So you have good fun memories around those. Um, and my thing is it's like, okay, maybe I could smoke weed and never again do Xanax and never again do heroin and also not drink. And maybe I could just smoke weed at once a night before bed. Maybe I could do that, but it is not worth the risk for me to figure it out because nothing that weed could add to my life is substantial enough. It's like a, a reward, a risk reward. Like, you know what I mean? Like the yep. reward is not worth the risk is basically the juice like, isn't worth the squeeze. Yeah. It's how I always weigh it. Like, would this thing be worth it? If I, if would a be worth it, if B ends up happening and almost always the answer is no, almost right. always. And so for her, it's like, could she go to this party and say sober? Maybe. Is it worth the risk? Absolutely. It's not. And I would say that for every single person in early recovery, I don't care. I would make that a blank statement that it, that you can do it, but you are taking a major risk and it is not worth it. Right. And I just, I, anyone that's 21 is listening to this. I know that I'm going to sound really ageist right now, but I promise you that those people, you know, when you're 21, like that, yeah, they're, you're not going to know them when you're 40, probably. You probably aren't. And it's just, I know you want to maintain these friendships and things, but sometimes they're just not worth it. You, you really don't have to. And yeah, it's hard because you have to mourn your whole life. You have to mourn yeah. like a whole life lost. It's really hard, but it's necessary. Yeah. And like we just talked about, she's got problems with, uh, she's also got eating problems. We already know that. So she's got all these things going on. And, and actually you and I were texting about this because we were, because you just, you were just talking about how you're going, you're going to get your master's and you're on a new thing for your ADHD. And I was saying that, I don't know how you feel, but I would feel really good because you had to stop medicating your well, ADD, I think ADD, because yeah. it was, it was going to fuck with your sobriety if you kept trying to, because of the way you used your, your, your meds and that if you were to try to stay on those meds and be sober, there's no way you could have done it. No, it's really weird. Yesterday, I like, I was organizing my bedroom. I was like cleaning out my bedroom and I was like, mm-hmm. huh. I was like, oh, like I feel, because I'm only like a month into it and I'm on Wellbutrin, like in case you're wondering, and I'm fine saying that, but it like, it, it's like an antidepressant. So it, that also helps with ADD for like okay. adults. It like is an off label. Um, it turns out it really like this antidepressant or anti-anxiety actually really helps people with ADD, right? Like off label prescribing. And so I was like buzzing around my room yesterday, not in like a speedy way, but like an actually being productive way. And I was like, oh, fuck. Hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Like I feel medicated, like in a good way. Like I haven't felt this way 
in so long. Yeah, like this, like couldn't. this feeling of concentration. I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to not like be 24 seven in ADD. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and it's not the same as Adderall and it doesn't work as good as Adderall and it's not as long as Adderall and all that shit, but like, it is helpful. And it was a really a weird realization yesterday when I was like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And I said, I was like, if I were you, I'd be really happy because you had to kind yeah. of like choose. You had to kind of say, I'm not going to be able to, I mean, you can treat ADD without drugs. That is possible that you can do therapies without it and work on ways to, to treat it. Um, but you kind of had to make a choice to be like, well, guess I'm just going to have to do this because if I, if I start taking Adderall again, I will be very close to, I mean, that's just the first step on a long road that I don't want to be on. And I'm sure there's been times in the last few years that you were thinking, well, shit, if I had, if I had Adderall, I wouldn't be, I, I could get past this thing or do something else, you know? Yeah. 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 So, you know, that's pretty much the end. We just find out, even with the update, we find out that she's four months sober during the update. And MTV has a nerve to ask her, what does she attribute to her long lasting sobriety? I was like, excuse me. Also, we don't, we don't know when she says sober, does she mean sober from her drug of choice? Or does she mean sober? Yeah. Good question. So, and I'm not saying, Again, I'm, I'm not here to judge on whether like you have to be, you can never drink again, blah, blah, blah. Because for some people it does work, but I, I think it would be important if they made a distinction because then it makes a lot more sense while she's at that party <laughs> playing beer pong. It makes a lot more sense because she's yeah. saying beer was never my thing anyway. So I just have to stay off of Molly. Exactly. All right. So that is it. Liz, do you have anything else to say about this episode? No, I just love true life so much. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, this is, I believe this is the fifth episode I'm recording. So I only have three more to go and I'll be done with this series. And yeah, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm feeling a little tear, but I can't become a true life podcast. No. And also like, if you ever just get bored and want to do one, you can. Yeah. If I just, if I'm just watching and I'm like, I want to talk about this one. Yeah, you can. (laughs) You can release thing off series. It's your Patreon. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Okay. So tell the people where to find you. Okay. If you are a fan of Teen Mom, listen to my Teen Mom podcast, Feathers in My Hair. You can find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod. If you want to hear me talk about all things kind of pop culture and reality TV, uh, you so can, good. You so many good I things you're talking about. I have a Patreon podcast called Liz Explains It All. You can find me at patreon.com slash Liz Explains. I talk about, I have true life episodes, documentary mm-hmm. episodes like Queen of Versailles and Finn and uh, an episode on unorthodox and lots of YouTube content. It's so funny. Somebody um, like, like left my Patreon, which is fine. I, Every, you know what I mean? Like I can never People be come and go every, every month. I can, nev- how it is. Yeah. I can never be mad about somebody not wanting to pay. And they put in the exit survey, like I thought you would talk about more than just reality TV. And I was like, what is there? I wish I could respond. And I, but I was like, but I do. I have like all of these well, YouTube episodes. I have all of these documentary episodes. Like, but, I was like, I really actually don't just talk about reality TV. But I actually consider those to be a part of reality TV for some reason because they still hit those notes of- Yeah, they feel similar. 
But it's like, what car. else would I be talking about? You I'm talked like, about the Demi Lovato documentary, which was also a commercial. I agree. And I love that episode. I love it so much because, you know, I'm a big fan of Demi Lovato. I don't know any of her songs. I've never seen her on TV at all. I just think she's super hot and I love her. And, I'm, and so when you were when you're talking about like old Demi drama, I didn't know about... <laughs> Ain't nobody that shit where she was in a fight about with Selena Gomez about Taylor Swift. You had such good things to say. Like, Thank I you. don't know. I feel like you really are explaining everything to me. And I'm just really, I'm grateful for this Patreon podcast. I'm not grateful that you got laid off and a pandemic happened, <laughs> but I'm not, not grateful. Well, good things came. <laughs> I was a nice three months, honestly. Once unemployment finally kicked in, it was a nice time. Yeah. And you're back at work now. Yeah. Okay. 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 So it's fine. We don't have to worry about you. <laughs> Sometimes I, I text Kara and I'm like, Kara, I don't know if you're podcasting from underneath a bridge. You, if, if like you want to tell me about some personal things, please do. <laughs> Cause she never tells us anything. No, you, I don't know. Kara, I don't know anything about your life. <laughs> nothing. But nothing. you're, I think you're pretty open about like personal things and yeah. stuff and, and just getting this, just doing the Patreon podcast, you really were like, I need something to do. I want to, I don't want to be depressed. I want to make sure I have a job to do every day. And this has yeah. been helpful. Yeah, it really was. It was actually really lovely. <laughs> yeah. I hope it goes on. I, Liz, please don't stop the Patreon podcast. It's, the Patreon podcast is not being stopped. The Patreon podcast is going to pay for grad school. So it can't be stopped. Please. Thank God that you still have it. Thank God. And just keep putting out the great content that I know I wake up every morning and go, did Liz put out an episode? Because I want to know. It's awesome stuff. Ah, oh, princess, thank you for having me. No, thank you for coming on. And, you know, we'll talk, obviously. We'll talk. <laughs> Bye. Bye.